0: Welcome to Shortcut the Sunday, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for October tw- 31st, 2021, the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost in year B. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you? I am well, thank you. Uh, we, uh, uh, I'm not entirely sure if it was obvious uh, from the prior podcast, but we recorded two in a row uh uh, previously so you're giving away the magic i know the little magic we had if we had any at all um (laughs) um, but uh uh, i do that to say uh we haven't talked since your uh beloved baseball team uh was sadly kicked out of the uh, playoffs Uh, yes condolences
1: well think i got a little hope you feel better Bouquet from the Dodgers when they were beaten by the Atlanta Braves. Yes, so.
0: yes, yes, yes. So I, I wondered, I wondered if you felt better about at least that.
1: I started to, and then felt much better when I read the Los Angeles Times sports columnist all blaming the Giants for the Dodgers' loss. Oh, that they had so um, both beaten up the Dodger pitching and messed with the heads of the Dodger uh, executives mainly that the, they were totally unprepared really for the Atlanta Braves.
0: Hey, that, I mean, that's, that, that's it's something. It's bright. It's Braves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like and, it oh, a lot. and then there were, the, and then there were all the, um, sad sack columns about how the giants and the Padres are considered, are continuing on, to rise while the Dodgers next year are going to be totally awful, <laughs> which probably isn't
0: true, but it also uh, helped me.
1: <laughs>
0: still, roll around in it, you know? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah.
1: It may be stinky, but I'll roll around in
0: it. <laughs> uh, I also have to issue a uh, uh, a a correction I think uh, um, previously on and I I have to admit admit uh, since we recorded two podcasts in a row a couple of weeks ago uh, I don't remember if it was last week's podcast or the week before but I used the term a dope um, yeah. and uh, th- there there's suffice it to say there's more far more uh, uh, more um, behind the meaning uh, um, um, to the term rope that dope that I kind of butchered, uh, admittedly. So apologies to the boxing fans. I never claimed to represent you. Uh, <laughs> and I have to but, admit, I completely forget
1: how you used it. I won't make you go back into it. I and think so it was I about... apologize for not catching it because I am a, well, yeah, I am a Muhammad Ali fan. And so I'm okay. well familiar with his wonderful rope dope descriptions
0: uh yeah I, I i think i attributed it to jesus uh some sort of interaction with jesus and it, it admittedly the more the more that i reread about uh, uh that uh, i realized yeah that that doesn't quite describe what so <laughs> you correct don't, use you don't care that you may have been blasphemous
1: but you did do penance <laughs> to muhammad ali <laughs>
0: uh to be clear to be clear uh the penalty to Muhammad Ali is the only one i've been called out on an uh, email so okay you got to do it then m- uh, maybe <laughs> m- maybe i will uh i, I will throw myself uh, before god for all the blasphemous things that i've said <laughs> and he'll
1: make you do numerous google
0: searches down various rabbit holes mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um public shame yeah is a is a very powerful tool uh, <laughs> but uh but but uh but, but also i mean uh, you know obviously uh uh I want to, want to want to make sure I get my modern day phrases correctly, or otherwise, what good is this podcast? Uh, <laughs> let's not think about that question very long. Let's move on. uh, yeah. so, uh, uh Bruce, what are we doing uh, this week? What's what else going on here in the uh, the upcoming uh, days and weeks uh, at the church? Uh, what are we what are we going to highlight?
1: Well, probably the only thing anyone else cares about, besides vestry members who have to meet on Tuesday, is. Um, we have choir on choir practice on Thursday night, mm-hmm. and man, they are knocking it out of the park on Sundays. So, if anyone's interested in public singing with a group, check out our choir. There, there's still lots of room for new people there. Oh, sure, tons tons of room. And, and Ben's part of that choir and a very good one. Um, also on Friday, we have the. Uh, trunk or treat Mm -hmm. for the second year uh, at holy family and folks can go to the website to see how to sign up to say that they will be providing uh, treats and adults this is a chance to dress up some people decorate their cars some people set up all sorts of decorations around their vehicles to make it more fun for the kids um mm-hmm. and yeah there's there's lots of room for participation in that and then and on then. sunday sunday we'll be ba- at the 10 o'clock service baptizing a, a beautiful little baby and yeah that's that's always a joy
0: hopefully uh hopefully with the additives of artificial light and heat uh, in, in the <laughs> uh in the, <laughs> the sanctuary uh, it, it actually was not that cold. I, I didn't feel no, like it was what? that cold, uh, but uh, it, we definitely put our our, our 4K uh, camera to work to try to uh, to, to, to try to broadcast that. Um, and uh, it was kind of funny. I was I was I was talking to um, uh, other people on Sunday with uh, that that helped produce uh, the the the, uh, the the visuals and because of the low light and the candlelight it reminded me a lot of the uh the old uh either tv shows what came to my mind was the the old muppet show where they would they would if they filmed anything with actual firelight, it like burns that bright spot yeah. on the uh <laughs> We kind of went back to that because of how how low light uh, uh, we, we had to play with, and we had these like dancing, flickering, bright spots that would like blind the lens of the camera. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, it, it it still turned out to be uh, quite, I think, in my opinion, a beautiful service because uh, there's something there's something uh, um, uh, nice and relaxed about like a. a um, with a uh, service without artificial light and, yeah. light and uh and just kind of a, a little bit more simplistic in nature so i was i, I enjoyed that um I, I think i'd also want to point out for uh not this week um uh, but the following uh next saturday is uh hogwarts gospel at hogwarts if i'm not mistaken right um, around the corner and so uh so when it's we have a quick shout-out to that to uh, drive people to our website, HFEC.org or HolyFamilyFishers.org uh, to find out more about that, uh, to participate. i um, really looking forward to uh, the Gospel at Hogwarts this year. So, um, yeah, that is also coming up. Um, but, uh, well, let's uh, let's move on to our person of the day. In, in a f- first time ever on our podcast, it is going to be the persons of the day because oh. as, as I started to read one it was right next to another and I thought how weird to ignore uh, uh, the second reference on this website so uh, I'm going to do both of them. Your persons are George Washington, wait for it Doan <laughs> so George, George Washington Doan and William Crosswell Doan any guesses as to how they relate to each other? <laughs> <laughs> what were their dates? <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Uh, 1799 to 1859 for George Washington Doane, and uh, 1832 to 1913 for William Crosswell Doan. I'm going to guess father and son. You would guess correctly. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, which I immediately had to pick them because uh how many how many father son entries are in uh the episcopal dictionary of the church other than jesus and joseph i mean come on uh so
1: i was gonna say besides the holy trinity but yeah (laughs) Mm. i
0: I was i was going to i was going with walked the actually walked this earth uh uh, father son combo um uh or or isaac and jacob jacob or something uh so like um but uh, but yeah, it, it, so it kind of fascinated me. Any clues as to George Washington Doan? How how's Listen. Doan spelled? D O A N E Doan. No. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing. I,
1: I no, I do not know who either of them are.
0: Okay, um, they are East Coast uh, um, uh, bishops, actually, a uh, High Church bishop uh, um, for the father. Uh, I don't believe. The son. Oh, he did. He did. He did. He became first bishop of Albany. Um, uh, um, but uh, uh, starting with George Washington uh, Doan, he uh, General uh, Theological Seminary in 1820. Um, he is a. He essentially was a defender of uh, high church concepts. Uh, so uh, high church principles, as this uh, entry uh, calls it. Um, he and his son together uh, began editing and publishing The Episcopal Watchman, which uh, obviously is a... And
1: and this was decades and decades before Jehovah's Witnesses were invented.
0: Go on. Okay, okay. Um, uh, the Episcopal Watchman, clearly a publication, um, but uh, kind of an ominous name considering... Uh, I, I, I don't, if anyone's seen the new... Uh, hbo tv series the watchman <laughs> it conjures up some terrible imagery i'm sure that's not the case but it, you know watch watchman does kind of have a <laughs> hmm. yeah that's what are true you watching in, in
1: in current culture it does, yeah it does have sort of an ominous connotation but yeah um for uh, three thousand years before that <laughs> Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it um there's a psalm about longing for god like a watchman for the war for the morning
0: oh, okay referring to uh yeah referring like, to more the the gospel bi- bible verse okay well yeah but psalms yeah <laughs> not gospel. oh i was okay i was thinking of uh i was thinking of uh the the uh um like the virgins the part- with the lamps yeah yeah that's yeah, I, I, yeah um which I guess they were not watching. And right? Keeping their <laughs> their their, their lamps watching, trimmed and but... burning. <laughs> watching what? was the act, the action that they were told to do. I got you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead, please.
1: No, I just so yeah, so it, it had so for like this publication, it was a very hope filled, imagery, optimistic. We're looking for God will help you look as well.
0: Hmm. Uh, he and his son also co-edited later we co-edited The Banner of the Cross Uh, it doesn't say anything more than that phrase Uh, so I'm not sure what The Banner of the Cross uh, was
1: I'm not sure um, either
0: um, or necessarily what it did because uh, it just says that that publication used as its motto Bishop Hobart's watchword uh, Evangelical Truth and uh, Apostolic Order i butchered that moving on <laughs> well, probably ap- apostolic apostolic yes the coffee's not not working yet this, <laughs> this batch is is defective um uh, but he uh became rector of saint mary's church in burlington uh, uh out on the east coast and served there until his death where his son uh, then picked up the mantle uh, thereafter he also uh, opened saint mary's hall for the girls uh, and founded Burlington College for Boys. He wrote uh, Thou Art the Way, hymnal 457, uh, and our current hymnal, and um, um, preached the sermon at the consecration of Jackson Kemper as the oh. first missionary bishop of the Episcopal Church. And um, which included the Indiana territories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, his son, in addition to succeeding his father as rector of St. Mary's, Uh, uh, also taught english literature at burlington college so very uh, this is a a, a very localized story they 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 didn't move around too much new jersey to massachusetts the um um, a little bit of new york um uh, he was in 1869 the son was consecrated the first bishop of albany and uh he served there until his death he also founded um wait uh, he died what year was he made bishop and what year did he die uh, 1869, the son was made bishop, and yeah. then he died in 1913. Wow, that was a long time being bishop. Yes, yes, a very long time. So uh, he was made bishop at 37, it looks like. Um, he also, just like his father, founded uh, institutions. He founded uh, the Cathedral of All Saints in Albany uh, and the Sisterhood of the Holy Child Jesus Um, leader of the high church party. So also followed in his footsteps with a, a, uh, an intent on uh, high church principles. Um, It it says here uh, about the son, he insisted on a weekly Eucharist, uh, uh, which is kind of a strange thing to throw in the entry. uh, um, He
1: was ahead of his time in the Episcopal church. Is
0: that, is is that true? Is that the reason why it's noteworthy is like, it wasn't always weekly. Okay. Um, Uh, And he was also a poet. And he, too, uh, added a contribution to our hymnal. Uh, His was the hymn text for Ancient of Days uh, in our current uh, uh, hymnal. Uh, And then he died in New York City. So, uh, father-son duo, uh, George Washington Doan and William Croswell Doan. uh, A legacy, a family legacy. Yeah. So
1: okay i got i have one tangent story which isn't too bad for me on a monday (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, years ago when my daughter was at georgetown my daughter diane um we took a day trip kathy and i my wife and i to west virginia because that's where part of kathy's family heritage sits and Mm -hmm. we visited we saw an episcopal church pulled up in this tiny, tiny town. I don't remember what the name of it was. And it had a large, a fairly large cemetery. And almost everyone in it, almost all the males in it, were named George Washington something. Huh. And it would say, you know, George Washington Smith, whatever. And then would explain, like, third cousin to President George Washington. Uh, fourth nephew of George of President George Washington. Anyone who had any relationship with George Washington regardless of how distant within that cemetery was named
0: George Washington. Good Lord, can you imagine can you... how confusing those family yeah. reunions must have been?
1: <laughs> George What?
0: 40 40 men yeah. at the same time going, "What do you want? <laughs> Everyone's always trying to get a hold of me." <laughs> <laughs> i can't and even go by those, my middle name <laughs> yeah <laughs> and
1: many of them had the same last name so that that's what was so eye-catching was there were dozens of tombstones with the same exact name on it
0: i wonder how how high up on the roman numerals uh did, did the suffixes get uh because i mean you get junior you get senior then after that it's the third fourth fifth like are you seeing tombstones of like george washington whatever the 10th like they sound like they sound like english rulers at that point
1: (laughs) yeah i'm I'm thinking they didn't have that notation on the tombstones so at least in that that family that part of the george washington lineage they they weren't using the juniors and Mm. numerology after that Mm. so they were really stuck
0: (laughs) yeah yeah uh yeah and how awful like uh, uh, if you didn't know the the date of their death I mean you might get like visited yeah you, you're not your gravestone might not even be visited uh, correctly like right um oh, George sure the gate miss got you. all the flowers right sure <laughs> do miss you George Poor, poor guy. Soul is like three, <laughs> three uh, uh, tombstones on the left, going like I'm over here. <laughs> rattle, rattle, rattle. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Goodness. Um. Uh. And, and, and let's also like point out how. I, I mean, I don't know how he felt about it, but if it were me and I were George Washington, the president, I'm entirely sure I would like everybody right. having my name. Like, <laughs>
1: Is this an honor, or are you
0: just riding coattails? Look, I—I'm I, not one to think that highly of myself, <laughs> but you, sir, are no George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Does this name mean nothing to you, people? Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, that's that's that is a very interesting, uh, yeah. a very interesting thing. I, I, I. I that's taking name honors uh, to a bit of an extreme for me, I think. Uh, but uh, yeah. you know what? Uh, um, the choice they made. And uh, did it harm anyone other than uh, maybe a few hurt souls in the afterlife? Probably. So.
1: <laughs> okay, now you have that image of, you know, the cocktail party in heaven. Hi, I'm George Washington. Did I already meet you? <laughs> No,
0: you met No, my uncle. I'm the real one, damn it. That's my uncle. I'm the third nephew, twice removed, born 60 years later.
1: Why do we bother with name tags? Sure is a lot of you around here.
0: Oh, goodness, that's funny. That's funny. All right. Uh, well, uh, let's move to our readings for the week uh, uh, now that we've had sufficient tangents uh, which is actually yes. good for this week uh, because uh, nothing against the readings but st- collectively relatively short week here uh, not, not a ton of verses um, <laughs> not to say that lest, it's empty less of... to
1: memorize for the children yes
0: yes <laughs> Uh, uh, not to imply that it is uh, uh, short on meaning, but simply that uh, it won't take long to read some, uh, the, the bulk of these. So uh, Deuteronomy chapter six, verses one through nine. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes, and the ordinances that the Lord, your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord, your God all the days of your life and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you so that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently so that it may go well with you. And so you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart, recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, background story about Deuteronomy. Uh, what is this book? What, uh, who, who wrote this book? What's its purpose? This
1: is the climactic book of the Torah, Mm -hmm. the first books of the Hebrew scriptures. The um, narrator uh, of Deuteronomy is repeatedly identified, or maybe I should say the main character besides God, is Moses, as it is in this case. And it's what takes place during part of the journey from egypt to um the promised land and concludes just before they enter the promised land
0: okay keeping keeping in line with uh the the death of moses prior to right Mm -hmm. um so it's
1: it it's I'm trying to think how to put this succinctly, so I guess I should stop trying. In the Torah, in the opening books of the Hebrew Scriptures, scholars have identified a number of different author or maybe more accurately author groups, mm-hmm. or some, some will describe it as editors, that want to put in their particular theological and liturgical um, perspectives. Mm-hmm. And... Many consider Deut- Deuteronomy to offer a particular perspective almost entirely throughout it, whereas the other books tend to have various editors' hands evident, particularly mm. Gen- particularly Genesis. Okay. Um, that's why they're, in Genesis, two creation stories. That's where things like, well, yeah, you heard that one, now you get to hear mine. Um, in, whereas in Deuteronomy, it tends to be much more unified okay um it's a book that has lots and lots and lots of teaching um, like this passage and in part because it doesn't seem to have a lot of editorial activity it hangs together very very well in in my mind it's one of the easiest books in the hebrew scriptures to read that it makes sense you can mm-hmm. read through it, and it's like, okay, there it is. Um, it's not; it doesn't have the holiness codes that, um, for instance, Leviticus has of don't eat shellfish and things like right, that. Right, 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 right. Um, but it does have the Ten Commandments, and it has uh, this passage which um, Jesus identified as the greatest commandment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it has the greatest hits. You might say of the Hebrew scriptures explicit teachings.
0: Yeah, it uh, it definitely sounds like uh, the narrator, editor, author here is going to rattle off like a series of things. And uh, I'm assuming that later on in, in the chapter, maybe perhaps uh, they do get around to that. Uh, but initially, it's like, hey, you're going to have to keep all these decrees, all those commandments, and uh that is love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might and then it's like man it, it, the way we carve up this passage kind of seems like and that's pretty much it that's a <laughs> you know. well it
1: it's definitely the focus of this yeah. of this section
0: yeah it, it, is, is it the case that uh do they get back to more decrees like do, do, does the it, like here Not really. shortly, well, shortly after or is it like we're gonna take our time I want to pause on this one because this is the most important one. I want you to bite it on your hand and, and uh, uh, put it on your doorpost. Put it on your doorpost and, and I, I'm not entirely sure what uh, it means by fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Uh,
1: that, that refers to the practice of while saying um, certain prayers like this uh, like the Shima, the um love lord your god with your entire being to summarize it Mm -hmm. um there's a a tradition of having a a little box that has this in it this verse in it and that gets tied to one's forehead and another one gets tied to one's arm while praying Hmm. that that's a literal expression of a metaphor okay Okay. So it's more like always have it in mind. Gotcha. You know, always have it on your brain.
0: You know, this might not be a bad idea. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should get some headbands made. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's thoroughly disrespectful, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, we don't always... Uh, we're we're kind of thick uh, sometimes. So... <laughs>
1: Well, when I, when I um, got to go to Israel, uh, I remember there was one time we were going into a Jewish holy place, and I was wearing a baseball cap because it was a very bright, sunny day, and I like baseball caps. And um, I was, they had a box of yarmulkes for mm-hmm. the men to put on. Mm-hmm. And so I started to take my hat off and pick up a yarmulke, and uh, the host... Um, I was going to say usher. I don't know if that, that probably is not the right term said, Oh no, you're fine with the, with the cap. I'm
0: like, am
1: I, (laughs) you know, go giants, but
0: (laughs) right, 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 right.
1: (laughs) Well, everyone else has some of them, very beautiful yarmulkes of their own.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that does, that kind of gets into um, uh, a little bit of the, the, the nature of, uh, I think of, of Judaism these days, which I think, And you could probably correct me if I'm wrong, but you know I will. My my impression of yeah, exactly. My impression of it is uh, they share a lot of characteristics to me uh, with like the Catholic Church in that like you know no 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 this stuff is for practicing members of the congregation. Ah, I see what you mean. Yeah, there's a little bit of exclusivity there. Uh, There's certain certainly an open. Uh, a process for like you know who can come into the doors and 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 uh, witness uh, uh, certain things, but uh, there's there's a number of different things that are like no 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 that's just for us. You don't
1: well I don't, I don't know as if you do this. <laughs> I I'm trying to think. It's uh, not across
0: the board, but there's there's
1: there's not much that I can't think. Actually, I cannot think of anything short of a ritual bath, which is a very private thing. Oh sure, that a Gentile. In current Judaism, cannot witness or be part of. Really,
0: because I, I think
1: I've had the the, the same experience with the Yamaka of like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Like, like... well, th- but that's part of their hospitality.
0: Oh, okay. I definitely got the the impression a couple of times that's <laughs> happened to me of like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> you are. <laughs> You're invited here, but you're not invited to do that.
1: They they took one look at
0: you and said, "We don't want anyone to even think you're one of us." <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> so don't wear don't wear this uniform. You're not invited. Um, uh, but maybe that was maybe that was many years ago. At this point, actually, so uh, so so perhaps that was just a uh, well, and it, you know, my perception.
1: One particular synagogue's way. Of that's sure. That's true. That's true. Um, because certainly, <laughs> I've been in Episcopal churches yeah. where it's been, yeah, that's not for you. I, no, really, I'm Episcopalian. Right, right. But are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> you sure? <laughs> um, yeah, my, my dad had to talk his way into uh, Evensong service when they were my parents were visiting England many years ago. Because mm. the usher thought... It, uh, the Texan, I think it was the verger thought he was just an American tourist. who was going to whip out a flash camera and start taking pictures. Uh. No, really? I'm, I want (laughs) to pray. Finally. (laughs) finally, And my dad is great. Finally, he like with this great reluctance handed him a program and pointed him forward. You know, he could, he could
0: enter. Oh yeah. But he kept an eye on him. (laughs) I bet bet he did. I bet he did. Um, Uh, this uh, this this reference here at the end of uh, the, the the verse um, or of the of the reading here, um, write them on the door uh, doorposts of your house and on your gates. Is this the impetus of uh, of, of putting the the Torah in the the, the door frame of, yeah. of Jewish households? I wasn't sure if it was Th- like this- already kind of a thing or if it was like oh, it was written in Deuteronomy, so now at some period of time that later it was instituted and, and, and started to be done.
1: Well, okay, it you know, we don't have you know, surveillance cameras three thousand <laughs> years ago to say, Oh yeah, that's when it started. Um but it, you know what if you go to uh, a Jewish home and even some Jewish owned businesses, uh there'll be uh sometimes a box sometimes mm-hmm. it's a plaque that has usually in hebrew mm-hmm. this uh, scripture that that's what it is um love the lord your god and it refers back to the marking of the doorposts on the first passover right uh, which in the deuteronomy context had taken place you know just a handful of years before when they first when they left egypt mm-hmm so in terms of within the Bible, they've not yet had a doorpost. They've been nomads.
0: Mm.
1: So it's when you get to the land, to the promised land, and you you get to build homes for the first time in a couple generations, put this on your doorpost to remind you of all that we've been through with God. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's... There's no way to walk back and say whether it had already become a practice and this was explaining it or if this was part of a formation of that home practice.
0: Well, if they were, uh, I mean, they were nomads for 40 years. If they didn't have door jams to put uh, put, put things up on, one would think that... uh, yeah, I guess your point is well taken. Whether because uh, depending on when Deuteron- Deuteronomy was like a trailing written document, you know what I mean. As far as like,
1: yeah, I mean there wasn't a scribe walking behind Moses and say, "What did you say?"
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Be sure to publish this before we get there. Um, yeah. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, it would it would go definitely would have to go hand in hand because you can't do. Uh, something as described here if you don't have a, a, a per, more permanent structure uh, to do it on so um, that would make sense that 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 uh, they at least go hand in hand um, yeah um, anything else about uh, the, this passage from from Deuteronomy um oh yes
1: it's this the the doorpost the instructions about always having this on one's mind Mm -hmm. it's part of the very radical in many ways and very deep home spiritual practices that judaism brought into christianity Mm -hmm. that that there are other world religions that have that as well but in the middle east uh, a lot of and particularly with the greeks and romans the and babylonians the conquering uh, empires the most of the emphasis of spiritual practice was on centralized temples Hmm. and there there are some sociologists who say that's that helped control the people you know the the emperor Mm -hmm. and his minions could keep an eye on what was happening in those temples and make sure that the state religion was reflecting what the emperor wanted said. Whereas this is no, every household is a sacred space Mm -hmm. and every person is a sacred being. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it, it's not real obvious, but it's very foundational. It gets under your skin to the point where you don't even notice it anymore. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's move on to Hebrews then. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 14. But when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. For as the blood of goats and bulls with the sprinkling of the ashes of a heifer sanctifies those who have been defiled so that their flesh is purified, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God? Um. Uh, what's this thing about a tent? I don't get this. Uh, uh, and 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 through the greater and perfect tent. What's a uh, what? Because <laughs> the rest of it is obviously talking about uh, you know the sacrifice of Christ compared to former sacrifices within the temple and how the old sacrifices aren't really you don't need them anymore uh because what is what are those compared to what uh Christ has done so uh kind of putting that to bed but that doesn't none of that speaks to me about a tent <laughs> so
1: <laughs> well there's a very common interpretation is that it's an image for the portion of god that that was born into the human form of Jesus leaving heaven. Um, because in the Hebrew scriptures, there's and actually and in the gospel of John, there's imagery about tabernacle and mm-hmm. tent and that sort of thing. Um, as one of the way, one of the places of God's dwelling.
0: Oh, okay.
1: There's also looking at the, uh, first chapter of john of jesus himself being the tabernacle being the tent being the dwelling place of god hmm. on earth in human form so it's either jesus pre the pre-existence of jesus in heaven choosing to give up that way of existence to become limited in human form um or perhaps god uh, jesus again incarnate god um being the very being true god walking around on earth Hmm. okay so you know a lot better than any bull that was sacrificed gotcha
0: okay
1: but yeah it's 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 a reference that doesn't easily resound for modern Christians who, for the most part, have never seen or even thought about an animal sacrifice as being a meaningful spiritual event. That's true. That's true.
0: Also, like, you know, to, to us, like, uh, if you're going to if you're going to. Uh, um, beef up this guy idea of like, oh, oh, it's a bigger and better tent. And we're like, yeah, but it's still a tent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how fancy can it be there, <laughs> author? Um, I've seen some really nice tents, but I'd still rather be in my house.
1: <laughs> You're not into the um, glamping? <laughs> the I'm not a big camping. glamper, no. No. <laughs>
0: My version of glamping is a, a hotel with room service. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, like I guess, and maybe that's just where you know more a more modern reader mindset comes into play and kind of messes up the the, the, the translation a little bit because I get thrown off a little bit. Of like, oh, you know, greater and perfect tent. And like, well, you know, great, you you, you good job uh, uh, on your Boy Scout project of erecting. <laughs> You gonna
1: start of, a fire next? The perfect, the perfect tent.
0: Good for you. I don't, I don't, what do you want from me? I don't, I don't get this one. It's,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I am almost physically restraining a,
0: a tangent. So let's move. On. Yeah. What's no, your next question? You, you, you as as we've discussed before, you let me do the blasphemy. don't, don't right. anymore um, <laughs> Yeah, you're not risking a job <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah so um, and, and this this point is I think very well taken here um you know uh, is it the author's express intention to try to like did, did people go back to, Sacrificing, and this is like the argument to like, hey, we really do need to end this practice, or is it just something that's um, kind of on his mind, as far as his or her mind, as far as like a a, you know, think about what we used to do in relation to what's happened here, and how much how much greater is this sacrifice? Well,
1: remembering that um, probably this letter was written in italy Mm -hmm. within the roman empire these kinds of sacrifices were still being held in roman temples gotcha the jewish temple was gone by this point Mm -hmm. and when the jewish temple was destroyed all sacrifices stopped and ever since within judaism um there's been a a very strong consensus that without the, without the temple, um, there's absolutely no need or ability to properly offer sacrifice to God, uh, Mm. animal sacrifice. So that all stopped, um, in about 30 years after Jesus's death and resurrection. So the letter of Hebrews is really addressing in, ma- in mo- many ways what the hearers and readers of this letter would still be experiencing on a daily basis as they walk to work and market and stuff, walking past the temples and smelling the barbecue. Mm-hmm. And so as with many portions of the um, later New Testament, it could be, and I'm just speculating on this, um it could be that this is one of those shrouded criticisms of roman life and practice Oh, ah, okay okay yeah you know, the the i'm i'm going to criticize this and pretend i'm talking about something that the jews do even though we all know they don't anymore <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that way i can get away with it without being crucified literally right right right, right. By, the, by the romans
0: um um I I thought I had a question here about the the the, the verse 13 but I guess this makes more sense than I uh, my initial reading uh had had um read in, in my head uh so the sacrifice um actually no so, so so the blood of goats and bulls the sprinkling of ashes of a heifer as far as like the physical um uh, uh, acts of sacrifice, it, like I, I guess we don't we don't because it's kind of a dead uh, a, a dead practice for us. Um, we don't really go into the in the mechanics of what sacrifice actually was. Uh, was it simply the slaughtering of animals? This this references like a sprinkling of ashes. Was it uh, a combination well, of the two? Were there different ways of sacrificing
1: in the in the Book of Numbers back? Um, one of the neighbors of the book of Deuteronomy in the Hebrew scriptures, Mm -hmm. there are descriptions as to the proper way of offering sacrifice to God. Okay. And what we don't know is what actually happened there. As far as I know, there are not good, good descriptions from the time of, say jesus of what the actual sacrifices looked like how they were performed because any any church person uh, knows that things evolve right. and different things get different meanings and <laughs> even year to year let alone through the centuries right so we can't say for sure that when the last sacrifices were being offered in the temple they looked like what the book of numbers had um, said the way it should be done was still being done. Good chance that they were a little bit different, mm-hmm. um, but it's a lot easier to know what the Roman <clears throat> Romans were doing in their temples because they left a lot more written records, mm-hmm. and there, um, and yeah. So any of the religions, Jewish, um, Jewish Christian. Um, before the destruction of the temple and Roman other pagans and stuff had different ways of killing an animal in a certain way, um, cooking it in a certain way, and then what happens to what is cooked. And mm. almost uh, in all of the Roman practices I'm aware of, and I've done an extensive study of this, whatever was sacrificed was cooked and then given to the um, people who were in that temple at that time. Mm -hmm. And Paul refers to this um, in, I want to say it's Corinthians, but I'm not completely positive of that, of people saying they're Christians and then going to the local temple and enjoying the barbecue and then going to the Christian worship service afterwards. Hmm. And Paul's saying, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that in, in the sense that we all know those gods don't exist. But it might be one of those things that causes a potential or new Christian to stumble. And therefore, we don't do it. Hmm. Okay. Um, so we know that people did, who pe- that Christians did go to these temples for the free barbecue. And that was part of the, again, the sociologist interpretation is that that is was part of the Roman spiritual technique to keep people pacified was to have free hot meals at the temples that were delicious.
0: I mean, uh, uh, we we all we we all, we still that's still uh, something that we kind of do to this day every now and again the <laughs> Pot- potluck uh, potluck Sunday the fish fry you know I mean yeah uh food is a great unifier uh it really uh, is so so paul would be right to be like you know what there's really nothing you know (laughs) let's not be inherent it's not inherently wrong to to use food as a as a as a spiritual resource
1: (laughs) yeah but it's yeah but it's not but you have to be careful about what it means to the people around you right right
0: exactly exactly uh well let's move on to the gospel reading then today yes for mark uh it's mark chapter 12 verse 28 through 34 one of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well he asked him which commandment is the first of all jesus answered the first is hear o israel the lord our god the lord is one you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him, there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. Um, Let's start with the fact that um, uh, it's a little weird for Mark to use the phrase when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, referring to his own answer. Isn't Isn't that a little weird? Like, when Jesus realized that what he said was pretty smart, uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you you miss something. It, it is the scribes' scribes' response where he says, "Yeah, you're right." Is what we're counting as an answer? Yeah, that's not an answer.
1: <laughs> well, no. You, verse. You go on to verse thirty-three.
0: Yeah, this is. He's just repeating what Jesus said. Yeah. <laughs> That's a call and response, Bruce. <laughs> what? That's, if there were one more person, it would be a round. Uh, <laughs> Kumaya. <laughs> okay, okay. I will give it to you that that makes far more sense that Jesus say... So, so it's not so much what Jesus saw that he answered wisely, meaning... Uh, uh he jesus had given the right the answer that this guy was looking for and it's more like when jesus saw that the guy who asked him the the scribe who asked him a question recognized the wisdom in what jesus had said then he re- re- gives this
1: yeah because so, ma- so so many in so many instances in all four gospels when jesus gives a response he gets back a, even from his own followers, from the apostles, a, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And instead this guy's, yeah. And and the biggest um, example of showing that you've learned something is by repeating something back. And I, I'm not sure if it's verbatim. Um, I'll leave that to each person to interpret for themselves but mm-hmm. you know this shows that the scribe really did get it yeah he really did understand it yeah and that's that's not insignificant especially in mark where no one understood things
0: uh, yeah mark is, the, the gospel of mark is definitely the one where everybody is just it's like ships passing in the night jesus says this one thing and the people are like yeah this, yeah totally this <laughs> Unrelated related right. thing that you didn't say. <laughs> and,
1: and, yeah, I mean, he within practically minutes, he twice tells the apostles that he's going to be uh, betrayed and crucified and they still are like, no! <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not going to happen, Jesus. Come on
1: now. Stop it. No, you're teasing us again, right? <laughs> no, it's true. Whereas the scribe is, yep,
0: yeah, you got, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and And even more so, I would say that the the way – maybe I'm reading too much into it, which uh, uh, would be the first time that's ever happened to a a, a biblical (laughs) scripture. Um, But uh, the way Mark sets up this interaction kind of seems as though – we're used to these stories where uh, uh, scribes and leaders of the church are testing Jesus. But this setup is a little bit different. Because of this reference, I think, of saying, seeing that he answered them well. Like he's talking yeah. about there, there's, there's this dispute and the, the, uh, this interaction is going on where uh, Jesus is, like they're trying to trap Jesus or they're trying to get him to say yeah. something inappropriate. Just
1: before this the Sadducees are um, trying to trap him about eternal life.
0: Yeah. So seeing that he's answering them really well, he asks this question. So it almost implies that this is the answer described as hoping that he gives, yeah, um, which is which is would if if that's correct it is is a kind of a marked difference from any of the other interactions, right? Uh, including any of the interactions with the uh, with the disciples. Um, so uh, it's interesting. In that regard, because then when you realize that the reason it plays out the way it plays out is like, hey, yeah, that's that's, you know, I'm in, I'm impressed with you, Jesus. I give you a, a stamp of approval, which is a, a, a unique interaction, I don't think uh, mirrored in any of the other gospel stories. No one else um, does anybody else come and say like, oh, yeah, you're the person you're you're as good of a person as I. Thought you may be. Or maybe, it
1: happens in John. Does it? Okay. Um, yeah. With, um, I want to say it's Nicodemus, but I'm not completely sure. He was hmm. a Pharisee. It ha- okay. I know it happens with a Pharisee. I just forget the name.
0: Okay. But but at the very least, very uncommon as right. far as interactions right. go. Um, this is one of the, this is almost all the interactions that are described in the Gospels are, involve some sort of element of surprise and in mm-hmm. this one, it is the element of surprise of like, "Hey, actually, yeah, you're pretty smart, <laughs> son of God, Christ, <laughs> the Messiah." <laughs> well, and let, and let today be known as the day that you impressed Paul here, <laughs> good old Paul the scribe, or you know whatever his name yeah. was. <laughs> may it forever be known.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, it may be one of those things where. Yeah, the that the we we don't we have no idea who this scribe is. But yeah, you can one of the, the joys, and I do mean that sincerely, of reading the gospels is you can put all sorts of different connotations to it. And one mm-hmm. of the dangers too. And so perhaps this is the scribe who always could out talk any other scribe mm-hmm. and could come up with another connotation. That the, the other scribes are not thought of. So they're basically attorneys, scribes. Right, right, right. Um, right. So they're they're used Which to is arguing. Just, just
0: the worst.
1: No. I'm <laughs> okay. Now you're in danger in your job. Full,
0: full, full disclosure. <laughs> I, I work for attorneys. Uh, love them dearly. Love you guys. Love you. Um... <laughs> and so
1: you know it. Yeah, it could be this guy was the biggest arguer who never lost an argument, and suddenly he concedes. Yeah, and the other scribes are like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Um, e- even this, you know, this, Jesus even was able to get this guy to give in, um, and no one no longer dared ask Jesus any questions. Mm-hmm. Um, is the concluding verse here? Right. Um, so there, there was something about the context of this interaction that was even more remarkable than the page reveal so to speak
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah and to your point about how you can read any sort of you know all sorts of connotations into some of these stories uh, uh, allow me to provide a, a, a different viewpoint uh, for, for uh, mm-hmm. the interaction that I just kind of described of, of him uh, uh, being impressed uh, seeing that The that Jesus was answering these questions really well. One could also then maybe interpret this as like, well, maybe this was a question in his own mind that he just struggled with the answer, yeah, and decided, like, hey, this guy's really, really smart, and maybe. Maybe he can shed some light on on this thing that I've been this question that I've been struggling with. Quite so. And then the answer comes in, and the response is with perhaps a pause or a thoughtful nod beforehand. You're right, teacher. You have mm-hmm. truly said that he is one, and, and 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 this is you're right. It's far more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices, and uh, uh, that would then color Jesus' response to him uh, as a source of encouragement like right. yeah you're almost there like you're on the right path keep thinking like this um mm-hmm. um rather than uh kind of like a um uh in, in the first interpretation i guess that response would be like a you, got, you still got a little ways to go though <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know yes so, i do like yours better it's, yeah. it's more optimistic yeah but, and, and and completely valid, yeah, yeah. But
0: it, it, as, like as I, as I was saying though, you can kind of you can see where depending on how you whose shoes you put yourself into and what kind of mood you you mm-hmm. uh, kind of overlay on those characters can really kind of color the context of um, of the story a, a, a little bit uh, differently. Each time.
1: Yeah, it, this is a this is a fantastic story yet again in which. We can insert ourselves into that, the like you say, the shoes of the scribe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and hear the words of Jesus to us individually in whatever way the Holy Spirit wants to inspire us in that moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything more about this uh, gospel?
1: Yeah. Um, this is one, this is the, this scripture is, one of the primary reasons why Christians um, well I guess I need to narrow it down more I'll just have to speak for ourselves why Episcopalians are not big on fulfilling every commandment in the Hebrew Scriptures but instead say this is the most important one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of loving God with our entire being and loving our neighbors as ourselves which are both in the Hebrew Scriptures Mm -hmm. but here Jesus says this is this is the most important one which other um, folks in the Hebrew scriptures also say mm-hmm. uh, that these are the most important ones. So it's not headline news, um, but too often Christians and Jews will cherry pick which right. commandments they think are the most important to define who they are as holy people. Mm-hmm. And we say, oh, th- th- this is it. The Shema as right. the, Jewish tradition calls it. Uh,
0: and, and, and yeah, you're right. And especially uh, considering, as you kind of pointed out, the scribes are kind of like lawyers. Um, mm-hmm. th- this th- it's a, it's the kind of thing that does kind of happen uh, within within law as well. You get so many different laws that eventually under some sort of circumstance, there's going to be a contradiction. If you yeah. like the, some sort of circumstance is going to bring to light a contradiction between a set of laws. And so this is the, you know, at at a certain point, you're going to have to make a determination as to which one should be held higher than another Mm -hmm. in order to resolve uh, whichever situational dispute. And so in this instance, like, yeah, we've got lots of laws, but you can probably without too much creativity um, think of a scenario where some commandments might conflict with each other. Oh yeah. And so asking this question is really important. And, and it, it, it is worth noting the answer that if you find yourself, uh, or at least it sure, sure seems to speak uh-huh. to me, that if you find yourself um, in a scenario where you're adhering to uh, some other commandment or even if it's some other tradition, of of, uh religious nature that conflicts with either one of these uh commandments uh then then you might want to rethink
1: exactly uh uh,
0: what's going on because if you're not loving god and you're not loving others if you can't find the love in 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 your interaction then then it might be time to re-examine
1: right it's what it, what you're doing is has gotten off track, perhaps mm-hmm. for very good reasons and for out of very good traditions and um, ethics. Mm-hmm. But something's gotten off track if it if the love is no longer the driving force. Right. Right. So, uh, and with that, and boy, oh, has that happened in Christian history? Oh gosh,
0: never, <laughs> never. Maybe someday. Maybe someday we'll see this play out uh in, in christian history uh but yeah with, with that i think uh we'll call to a close yes. we'll say that we'll say how much we love you um yes uh, but we will call to a close this year' podcast for october 31st uh 2021 the 23rd sunday after pentecost in year b uh we encourage you to join us in worship in uh, uh, fingers crossed, knock on wood, a heated building uh, and, and well-lit building uh, on uh, Sunday morning, 8 and 10 in person. If you're not able to uh, um, uh, worship with us in person, feel free to join us online live at HFEC Videos on YouTube. Uh, we'll, we'll broadcast the 10 o'clock service oh, live.
1: And I just got to say, it's well worth going back to this prior Sunday's recording october 24th just to hear the choir anthem it is amazing
0: i, I, I will uh, maybe maybe i'll pull out uh, that and get it uh um pulled it pulled together as a, as a single video here this week and, that'd be and, cool and uh, re- rebroadcast it so um but yeah uh please join us we have we have lots more anthems uh in our back pocket mm-hmm. um <laughs> so uh come see what we do this sunday Um, but, uh, uh, until, until then, and until next week, I'm Ben and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.